Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We praise you for every person here today. I especially pray for the first-time visitors, Lord, that not only would they feel welcome by us, but that they would receive a touch of your grace, a touch of your power in their life, that they would, through the worship, through the rap, through, through everything we do here, that they would see more of you. Father, it isn't about us. It's about you. We're here for you. This is your day. You made it for us, and we come to worship you. I pray if anyone came in here today not knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that they accept his sacrifice on the cross, the shedding of his blood for the forgiveness of their sins, and that they would say the prayer of faith, and their hearts would be renewed. They would be born again into a new life with the power of the Holy Spirit in it. I pray if anyone came in here sick in their body, or depressed or oppressed, or going through a financial struggle, that they would leave today with the spiritual power to see through what you're doing in their life. Because your love never fails, and you will not fail them, you will not fail me, as long as we put our faith and trust in you. So I thank you as you speak through me. Father, let me be a conduit of your word and your power. Father, that everyone here would hear your voice personally, just like they did at Shavuot and Pentecost, that they would hear your voice personally today, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, Shavuot is the Hebrew word for weeks, the Feast of Weeks, which was instituted 50 days after the first Passover when the Israelites were freed from slavery, okay? So they were real. that's like them being born again, all right? They were taken from slavery to a new life. In the same way, Pentecost, which is what? 50 days after Easter or 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have Pentecost. The word Pentecost means 50, okay? So 50 days after Jesus bought salvation for the world with his blood, Pentecost happened. So Shavuot and Pentecost have many parallels. As a matter of fact, the first church started at Pentecost, right? And do you know that Judaism started at Shavuot? Because at Shavuot, God gave the law, so a Jewish nation was born. At Pentecost, God gave his Holy Spirit. A church was born. God gave his Holy Spirit to a bunch of Jews at Pentecost who were there because of Shavuot. <laughs> so they're celebrating this feast from the Old Testament that marked the time 50 days after the Passover that God gave the Ten Commandments, the law, to the nation of Israel. So Judaism was born, a church was born. God gave the law from a mountain, Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. God gave the Holy Spirit from a mountain, Mount Zion. If you've ever been to Israel, you know that Jerusalem is on a mountain. We went to the Dead Sea. We floated around the Dead Sea, and then we got on the bus to go to Jerusalem, and it was straight up. So here's another similarity, the mountain and the mountain. It says in Exodus chapter 12, verse 38, that there was 600,000 Jews, men, but not just Jews. It says there was a mixed multitude. Look around you. Is this a mixed multitude? Multitude church or what? We are a diverse church. I love that. You know why? 
Because when you get to heaven, it's going to be people from every tribe and every nation and every tongue and every race. You know, I never talk about or think about race. It's just not. This is the kingdom of God, people. We're going, we're going to spend eternity in, uh, together. I mean, what binds us together is the Holy Spirit. We're of the same spirit, people. I got a little of everything in me. Did you see me dancing? Come on. How many of you just have a little bit of everything in you? Come on now. Please. So at, at the Mount Sinai, there was, there was the sound of wind and fire. Thunderings, it says. And at Pentecost, what happened? There was rushing wind and there was fire. And there was tongues of fire, and there was spoken words. Do you know what the rabbis say about what happened at Shavuot, right? When the Lord spoke from the mountain. It says there were thunderings, okay? That word thunderings in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word kol, okay? And that word is translated mostly in the Old Testament as the word voice, in Genesis, it says that Adam and Eve said they heard the call of the Lord in the garden. They heard the sound, the voice. So when God spoke to them, to them it sounded like thunderings, and the rabbis say that when God's voice was spoken. Now, the rabbis, they are like the commentators. We read commentaries, right, about the Bible. Maybe some of you do. You know, there's commentators, different interpretations. And their commentators said that when God spoke, when the thunderings happened, that you could literally see God's voice like flames of fire. And it says that it went to each individual person and spoke to them. And why would that make sense? Because there was a mixed multitude. Not everybody spoke the same language, the same way at Shavuot and the same way at Pentecost. At Pentecost, it says there was people from every nation on earth. And they heard God speak through the tongues of fire in their own language. In the same way at Shavuot, there was people from every nation there. And they heard God's voice. Wow. And here is what happened when the Jews heard God's voice. Let's look at Exodus chapter 19, verse 8. I love this. So God gives them the law, right? Gives them the Ten Commandments. You know, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. All these commandments, right? And the Ten Commandments are great, aren't they? And you know, we're fighting to have them kept and here and there and everything. I think they should stay in school. You know why? Because the Ten Commandments show kids what's right and wrong. But us... As adult Christians, don't need the Ten Commandments. It's written on our hearts. We'll get into that later. I mean, it's still good to look, but it just shows us what we're doing wrong. All the people responded together. This is what they said after they got the law. Even before they got the law, actually. They said, Moses, we'll do everything that God says to do. We'll do everything. And then you know what else they did? And they said, Moses, listen, from now on, God doesn't have to talk to us directly. 
You go up there. We'll stay over here. They were scared. And some people would have a pastor or a priest or a Sunday school teacher or somebody try to be their intermediary between them and God. Let me tell you something. God wants to talk to you directly. But they said, they said, no, Moses, that's all right, man. Whoa. You know, they saw flashes of lightning. It's amazing. All the songs we sang today are about flashes of lightning. We don't plan this. It's the Holy Spirit. But um, so they were like, nah, we, that's fine. Moses, you go talk to God. Just tell us what he says, and we'll do everything he says to do. Oh, really? How many of us here do everything God tells us to do? Anybody? Obviously not. Because the words everything and never and always, a human cannot keep. I'll never say anything mean about my wife. Never. I'll always come to church on time, Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe, when I'm greeting at the door, I'll never miss someone that comes in. <laughs> Pastor Joe, I'll never knock over the Bible bookcase, ever. <laughs> Honey, I'll always love you. I will always love you. I'm not trying to have a worship team with that song. Nobody can sing that song. <laughs> That's like the song that when people try to sing it, you're like, just don't even try. But to think that we could do everything and we could be always, no, no, no. There's only one everything and always and never, and that's God. His love, what? Never fails. It's so easy of us, for us to say or to think, though, that people can actually be never and always people. Right? Oh, oh. No, Lamont would never do that. <laughs> Ever. Next day he's doing it. Oh, Pastor Joe would never do that. Oh, yes, he would. Yes, he would. <laughs> Is there an echo? <laughs> Come on, how many of us know that we can never, never do something and we can't always do something and we're not good enough to always, always, always? Come on now. He would never hit his wife. Next thing you know, divorce court. She would never cheat on him. Next thing you know, divorce court. That kid would never go off the rails. Next thing you know, he's in the hospital or she's in the hospital. There's no nevers. There's no only with God. So here they put themselves in a position. It's funny. It's like, Tell God we'll do everything. So he gives them the Ten Commandments. First commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. First thing they do, build a golden calf. They couldn't even get past one. Think about it. We will do it. Really? If you think you can do it yourself, it leads to only one thing. Death. You know what? Except for Joshua and Caleb, they all died before the promised land. You know why? Because they tried to do it on their own. And they ended up complaining and like nothing was ever right. 
because your own effort will never be good enough for him, and guess what? It won't be good enough for you. You know, when they saw the miracles that God did, some of them probably said, I'll always follow the cloud. I'll always do what you say, Moses. Yeah? Next thing you know, they're ready to kill Moses. They're building a golden calf to worship. They forget the God who just delivered them. On your own will only lead to death. Look at 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5. Hallelujah. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who made us sufficient as ministers of this new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter what? It kills. But the Spirit does what? It gives life. If the ministry of death written and engraved on stones, was glorious. So if the Ten Commandments being given was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which passed away. When he first went up to the mountain and he got the, the law, he was, you know, glowing. He'd been in the presence of God. But it eventually faded because he was just a man. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious. The Spirit of God, how will that not be more glorious than the engraved words on a stone? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Let's look at this in the message. Put the message commentary up now. We wouldn't think of writing this kind of letter about ourselves. Only God can write such a letter. His letter authorizes us to help carry out this new plan of action. The new plan is the grace of the Holy Spirit. The new plan is not don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, but you can do this and you can do that. The plan was written out on, with ink on paper with pages and pages of legal footnotes killing your Spirit, if you try to live right and, and just follow God and do everything perfect, it's going to kill your spirit. You know why? Because you can't. I want to be perfect so bad sometimes, but I can't. I want all the lighting and stuff to work, but I can't control it. You know, and normally would it annoy me, but I have a new power on me today. Nothing's bothering me. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is in a little bit. It's written with spirit on spirit, his life on our lives. I said his life on our lives. The government of death, its constitution chiseled on stone tablets, had a dazzling inaugural. Everybody say dazzling. dazzling. Janice, you just look dazzling today. <laughs> Honey, just dazzling. Or the, the jewelry, it's just dazzling everywhere. It had a dazzling, you know, there was thunder and lightning and a dazzling display, right, when the Ten Commandments came down. It was, everybody say, dazzling. dazzling. Look at the person next to you say, you look dazzling today. Dazzling. Say, you got a dazzle on you today. <laughs> Moses' face as he delivered the tablets was so bright that day, even though it would fade, 
that the people couldn't look at him anymore. How much more what? Dazzling. How much more dazzling than the government of the living spirit? Dead stone? Kind of cool. As a matter of fact, the rabbis say that when the words of God were spoken and they saw the light of the words, that that's like what his finger was and it wrote it. It wrote it on the tablets of stone. And here's what else they said. It's really cool. The stone, whether you looked at it from this side or the other side, you saw the same message. Some of the letters were literally floating in the air. Hey, it's God. God makes really cool books. <laughs> How much more dazzling than the living spirit, his life on ours. If the government of condemnation, if what you're doing wrong was impressive, how about the one of affirmation that even though you're doing wrong, you're right? The kingdom of God is upside down, you know. Even though you're doing wrong, you're right. You know what, honey? I am always right. In God's sight, God's sight. When I say always right, it doesn't mean I always make the right decision. It doesn't mean I always have the right answer most of the time, okay? <laughs> but it means in his sight, like my wife said earlier when she was up here, she said, you know what? When God sees us, he sees Jesus. See, because it says his life is on our life. Our life is hidden in him. So when he sees us, he sees his son. He sees his daughter. He sees Jesus. We are hidden in Christ. We are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Wow! So even when we're wrong, we're right. How good is that? So what does this all mean to us today? Well, today is the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says that the day of Pentecost fully came. Listen, you know, I, I know some of you like to read this stuff about the, you know, the former and the latter rain, you know, and you're waiting for this big rain shower, okay? That was the rain. <laughs> That was the storm. The Holy Spirit came and went on people and, and, and changed the world. You know, yes, there will be greater moves of the Holy Spirit, but it's already been done. You know, people are like, I'm going to this meeting. I'm going to that meeting because the Holy Spirit's there. The Holy Spirit's right here. The Holy Spirit's right here. You have to go somewhere to find it. It can be in you, on you, and flow through you right here, right now. Suddenly, a sound came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each one of them, and they were, how many of them? All filled with what? The Holy Spirit. They were, they were with one accord. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That cannot be changed. The day of Pentecost has fully come. All right? We're looking back at what happened already. Just the same way Jesus died on the cross, far forget, you know, for, he doesn't have to come die again. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to be poured out on all flesh again. It already has been. Amen? Look at this. At Mount Sinai, remember, 
God told Moses, and you know what? He told them a couple times. He said, don't let the people break through the line. In other words, there was a line at the base of the mountain. And, and the Lord said, don't let the people come too close. Don't let them touch the mountain. Why? They would die. They would be consumed by the fire. And eventually they were like, yeah, we don't even want to get near this. But God told Moses this a few times. Do not come too close. Do not touch the fire. But here at Pentecost, what do we have? Not only we don't touch the fire, the fire is coming upon us. The fire has come in us and on us, and it wants to work through us. The fire comes in you to do what? To burn away. How many of you can use a few things burned away? Some things need to burn away in your life. Some unforgiveness. Some, you know, sometimes, David, you know, this is what a prayer you should pray once in a while. I do it. It's, you know what? David prayed this. He said, you know what? Cleanse me. Burn away the things that I don't even know I'm doing wrong. Do you know that there are rooms in your house? There are rooms in your house that haven't been opened in a long time. There are closets full of hurt. There are attics that have never been opened. There are basements that have never been walking down into. Father, let your fire come into our hearts today and burn away what doesn't need to be there. The fire in us and the fire on us. When the fire falls on you, what happens? Oh, baby. Did you ever get fired up, Bob Neiman? <laughs> like, you ever, like you get fired up in the Holy Spirit? You ever been fired up for God? Where it doesn't matter who you are, who you, where you've been and where you're going, you just, you're carrying a fireball with you. You know, in the temple, when God lit his fire, he said the fire should never go out. The fire should never go out in your life. You should be a fireball. When you come into the room, everything that doesn't need there to be there, you just burn up. Be fired up for God. And then that fire can work through you. How many of you ever prayed for somebody in ShopRite and they said, wow, your hand's warm. And it wasn't hot out. Or you didn't go like this. <laughs> See, I've seen like healing ministers do this. Feel the fire? Heck yeah, man. You just rubbed your hands together for like a half hour. <laughs> do I feel fire? Yeah. I'm talking about a real fire. Have you ever felt that real fire? Have you ever been touched by someone that was praying for you and you felt the fire of God hit you? Or how about this? Did you ever pray for someone and go like, wow? And it wasn't static electricity. That's another thing you could do. You could rub your feet like on the carpet and come pray for somebody and they'd be like, wow, he's got the power. <laughs> I never done this stuff. <laughs> Well, I asked Pastor John, please carpet the stage. Just kidding. <laughs> see, God, see, he wants his spirit in us and on us and to work through us. He wants to equip us to do everything that we're called to do. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, guess what you'll do? You'll do things that before you couldn't do. Listen. We don't need the Holy Spirit to help us do things that we can do on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to help us do things that before we couldn't do. 
How many of you remember before the Holy Spirit in your life how you reacted when somebody cut you off and now you're so much better? I can't lie, I'm in church. No, I'm getting better. <laughs> You're growing. I'm growing in the Lord, Bob. Oh, boy, that's an inside joke I can't share here today. <laughs> oh, maybe I could. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> how, many, how many of you know that there's things you could do now that before you couldn't do? I remember when I couldn't hope. I remember when I couldn't hope for anything better. I wanted to die. I wanted to take my own life because I, I, I couldn't hope. I had lost all hope. I remember when I couldn't love. I used to sing that foreigner song all the time. I want to know what love is. I, I'm being really honest with you right now. How was it, Ileana? Was it any good? Thank you, Ileana. She's on the worship team, you know. <laughs> They go like this, one, two, they got a little sign, six. <laughs> but, you know, remember that song, like, I want to know what love is? I didn't know what love was. Nobody loved me. My parents didn't love me. They were never there. My dad left when I was a kid, and my mom was always gone. I, I was not treated well as a, as a kid. Nobody fed me anything. I mean, I, I didn't know what love, I wanted to know what, what, what is love. I didn't understand what it was, and I didn't know how to do it until I met God. And his Holy Spirit came on him. He said, he is love. Here's the love that, yeah, you, you, you've made a lot of mistakes, but I love you anyway. Wow, really? You love me? You, I can call you dad? You approve of me even though I, I've done all these bad things? I've sold drugs. I've, I've burglarized houses. You still love me. You, you love me? You, you, I could be your son of all the evil thoughts? And that, that, that sometimes I still have, of course. Still love me anyway? Gosh. How could you ever know that without the Holy Spirit in your life? You'd never know what it really means or really is. And look what happened to Peter. It says that after the Spirit came down, that Peter preached we know to, that it was a minimum of four or 5,000 people. Peter preached. The same Peter that a couple of months ago couldn't preach to a teenage girl. She said, do you know Jesus? He said, I don't know Jesus. What are you talking about? Now he's standing up in front of, right in the temple, right in the face of the people he was afraid of in front of a bunch of people, and he preaches the greatest message of all time. When 3,000 people get saved. Could you bring in some more people? I want to I do that. <laughs> I want to get 3,000 people saved. And we could do that, and it happens now all the time. But you know what? If one comes to the Lord, praise God. In our first service this morning, one young man, one teenage boy gave his heart to Jesus. This would all be worth it. We could do this for years for one soul. It's amazing. The people, the Israelites broke the first commandment right away. They couldn't even. It's, it's just mind-boggling. And in Exodus 32, 
verse 28, it says that right after they broke that commandment at Shavuot, look what happened. See how the letter kills. 3,000 men fell that day because of the fact that they broke the first commandment because the letter kills because we can't keep it. It, it was already like one commandment. You don't even get to two. <laughs> you know? They didn't even get to do not covet. You know what I'm saying? So even if you have no other gods before him, once you start coveting, you're, you're done. How many of you here have ever coveted something? Amen. Neighbors do it all the time, right? You covet. And then he said, don't cover it, covet your neighbors, this and that. Come on, tell me you haven't coveted any of your neighbor's car once at least. <laughs> or how about you coveted your neighbor's kitchen? Oh, don't show me all the hands now. You want something funny? We live on a cul-de-sac. Ricky did our kitchen, nice new kitchen. We're so excited about a new kitchen. Our neighbors come over and see our kitchen. I saw the wives going like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so nice. The people right across from us got a new kitchen. Before you know it, there was construction going on, new kitchen over there. Then what happens? The people that live next to us, they get a newer, bigger kitchen. They did an addition. They have a pizza oven in the corner of their kitchen. Oh, we've been there. And let me tell you something. They kept inviting me over. I go, I don't want my wife to see your new kitchen. We just got a new kitchen. I don't want to get a new, new kitchen. You know what I'm saying? He's got a pizza oven in the corner. He's got an island in the middle. He has his own bar. He just wants to be a bartender. I'm thinking, I don't want to come over and see that kitchen. I'll come over and see the kitchen. Alicia's not feeling well. I'm coming over right now. I'll look at your kitchen. I'll tell her all about it. Oh, it was ugly, hon. It was... Come on, ladies, you know. You go in that house, you see that new kitchen, you're like, honey, this new kitchen we have, I don't like it. You don't like it? It's not big enough, honey. It's not big enough. We just put an addition on the house. Yeah, but next door they have a big kitchen. (laughs) Come on, right? It's like it happens right away, doesn't it? You know, not covet. We already fall. And look, so 3,000 people fell down. Look what happened when the Holy Spirit came on Peter in Acts. Look, 3,000 souls were saved. Oh, my gosh. So the Spirit, so the letter kills, the Spirit gives life. Look at the parallels, though. Isn't that amazing? God's showing us there's a new and better way now. It's not rules and regulations. It's salvation by grace. Amen. See, Peter, who couldn't talk to a young girl, could now preach to thousands. If 3,000 people got saved, I don't know, did everybody get saved? Maybe they did. But it says 3,000 souls were added. But So maybe he preached to 4,000 or 5,000 or 10,000. I don't know. But wow, from I can't talk to one till I'll talk to anybody. See, the Holy Spirit will... If you couldn't forgive before the Holy Spirit, you, you can forgive with the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? 
Did you know you can love who you couldn't love with the power of the Holy Spirit? Did you know that your marriage could be made whole by the power of the Holy Spirit? Did you know that you may have been poor, but you can be rich by the power of the Holy Spirit? Did you know that if your body is sick, that you can be healed by the power of the Holy Spirit? Did you know if you're empty and depressed and suicidal, that you can be filled with joy by the power of the Holy Spirit? I know it. I know it. And we're going to finish in Philippians chapter 4.13, where Paul said, I can do all things through who? Christ. Who what? Strengthens me. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to the Empire State Building and you say, I can do all things. I'm going to jump off here and land at the Staten Island Ferry. No. <laughs> no. No. Unless it's a revelation from God, literally. It better be thunder, lightning, and a whole lot more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he's talking about spiritual things that you could do. See, because it says here, I can do all things through Christ who what? Who endunamizes, that's what I call it. The word there for strengthens is endunamis. Dunamis is what? The miraculous power, where we get the word dynamite from. It's the miraculous power of God that supersedes all natural law. So I call it, I can do all things through Christ who endunamizes me. You know how your car gets simonized? We get endumanized. He rubs his power on us and it puts it in us and he works it through us. So we can do all things through him who strengthens us. What things is Paul talking about? Verse 4. In Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Let me, can I say it again? Rejoice. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it again. Rejoice. I said rejoice in the Lord always. Can I say that again? Rejoice. <laughs> I said rejoice. Paul's saying do it again. How many of you can remember a time in your life when you were so full of joy? Come on now. Anybody? Were you ever happy? Besides right now. I don't want to ask who's happy right now because I can see who's not. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. Rejoice. You know, when David was really down and out in Psalm 42, it says, you know, I remember. He said like this. He goes, I remember when I used to go to the house of the Lord. I remember when I used to go to church. Couldn't wait to worship. I remember when I used to pray. I remember used to, I, I used to walk in with the multitude and be happy. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will. Everybody say will. Rejoicing is what? Of the will. Rejoicing the Lord always. Again, I will. You know what? One of my favorite things to say, and I shouldn't say it, is, you make me mad to my wife. So she does something, I go, you're making me so mad. Did you ever say that? No? You never said that. Somebody, anybody, you in here? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, you're making me so mad, Lisa. Stop it. Stop saying that you're making me mad. Do you know when somebody, you like, you tell them to stop saying something that's making you mad, what do they usually do? They say it again, right? That's about what the law does, right? Like, that's what, how the law works. Like, don't do it. People are going to do what? They're going to do it. 
If somebody's watching your house, like I let, we let these young people watch my house, right, when we're away, if I say, listen, you can go in any room in my house, but you can't go in this room. Not, you can't go in that locked room over there. What are they going to do the five days that I'm away? Figure out how to get in that room. So when I say to her, don't, don't say it again. Oh, my God, you're, you're making me so mad. She goes, and it's so true what she says to me. She says, I can't make you mad. <laughs> hate when she's right. Don't you? Just what hate when people are right, when they're making you mad. So she'll be saying something, to, and, and you know what? It's because I'm choosing to be mad. She's right. She's right. She can't make I saw you, Sarah Crawford, giving an amen to that. You're just a newlywed. You wait. You got one kid. Just wait. <laughs> giving the amen to that. Oh, Lord. You're making me mad right now. Oh, wait a minute. You can't make me mad. I'm not mad. It's a choice, isn't it? She can't make me mad. It's how I react to whatever she does or whatever she says. So I will, it's of our will. That's number one. Number two is Philippians 4, 6. <laughs> it's fun to laugh at church, isn't it? Because there's a fine line between laughing and crying. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Oh, let's try that one again. Be anxious for? Nothing. Who's allowed to say everything and anything and never and nothing? Who's allowed to say that? And what's he telling us? So we can't be anxious about our finances. We can't be anxious about our marriages. We can't be anxious about our kids. We can't be anxious about our health. We can't be anxious about our friends. We can't be anxious about our jobs. We can't be anxious about our futures. Or our new kitchens. Or our neighbor's kitchen. Guys, they did landscaping in a fence too recently. Guess what? We're getting some fencing done. I don't know how this works. But uh, be anxious for nothing. You know what that word anxious means? It's the same word for worry. It's the same word for worry. It's a Greek word, marim nao, which is made up of two words in the Greek. One is marizo, which means divided. And the other one is nous, which means mind. So being anxious or worried is having a divided mind about something. I feel this pain in my body. I'm probably going to die. No, you're probably not going to die. It's probably not that bad. My boss walked by me today and didn't talk to me. I must be getting fired. I must be getting fired. Why would you get fired? <laughs> my spouse was on her cell phone. She wouldn't let me see it. Why is she doing that? <laughs> Why am I doing this? My hip hurts over here now. It's like you divide it. <laughs> You're divided between two things. I mean, how many of you have been close to being totally broke? But you had, but guess what? You're not broke because you got here. How many of you came close to dying? Last time I checked, you were still breathing. Well, most of you. <laughs> we're divided in our minds. Divided about things. Listen, we're to trust in him. Be anxious for nothing. But in how? But in what? Everything. 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 
So don't let anything bother you. Let everything be a prayer to God. And thank God. Right now, I want you to, to do something right now. Is there something worrying you? How many of you, is there something worrying you? My arm's up. Something worrying you? Something your mind's divided about? Give it to God right now. Give it to God. I want you to tell him right now. Talk to him. Tell him what it is. Tell him what it is. Tell him. It says everything. Talk to him. He put his spirit on every one of us. When was the last time it was just you and him talking? Anxious for nothing. Don't let anything divide your mind. Talk to him. God, I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. And as you talk to him, his answer will always be yes and amen. All the promises are yes and amen. Yes, I will heal you. Yes, I will heal your marriage. Yes, I will bring your child back. Yes, I will repair this family relationship. Yes, 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 you can do this. You can forgive. Yes, you can. With my power in you, on you, working through you, you can do it, whatever it is. You can have that dream. You can have that future. You can have that relationship. Finally, Philippians 4, 8, and this is what it leads to. Finally, listen. Whatever's true and noble and just and pure, and whatever's lovely, and that word lovely is the Greek word pros phileos, which means pro-friendly. Because earlier in this chapter, it's talking about two women in the church that weren't getting along. And he was saying, listen, be, whatever's lovely, lovely is people getting along. Lovely is a beautiful marriage. Lovely is a beautiful family. Lovely is a, a beautiful single person finding, finding their, their mate. That's lovely. Whatever things are of good report. There's a lot of good news in here. The gospel. You know, we hear that. Don't give me that gospel. Don't tell me. I'll be reading the gospel to me. Do you know what the word means? Good news. Prosperous message. Something good coming your way. Me, you could read gospel to me day and night. You could sing gospel to me day and night. If there's anything virtuous and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. You want to meditate on good news or you want to turn on the world news and see how the world's going to end next week? And some of us are like, yeah, I hope so. But I'm here to tell you, you can have God's good news in your life right here, right now. Meditate on those things for a second. I want you to think about that thing you were worried about and I want you to meditate on the solution. 
If your marriage is a mess, I want you to think about what it would be like if your marriage was great. If your financial situation is a wreck, I want you to think about it if it was fixed. If you're lonely, I want you to think about having a lot of friends. If you're single and you want to be married, I want you to think about your, your future wife or your future husband. If you're sick in your body, I want you to think about yourself healed. Meditate on the good report. Meditate on the good news. That's the gospel. Come on now. What are we here for, people? Who, who, who's our God? <laughs> and what spirit is on us and in us and working through us? Worship team, you can come up now. It says that we shouldn't be anxious about anything. It says that in everything we should pray and ask God for help. And it says this, that when we do that, the peace that surpasses or transcends all understanding will do what? It will guard our heart and will guard our mind. Right. Why, why does our heart need a guard? Why does our mind need a guard? So we don't lose our mind and we don't lose heart. That's why we need a guard. So we don't lose our minds with worry and so we don't lose heart because when you lose heart, you lose hope. I'm going to tell you something. If you have a little bit of hope, you can have a lot of bit of life. With a little bit of hope, you can have a lot of bit of life. I can remember when I got saved and the Holy Spirit came in me. All of a sudden, I had a little bit of hope. I didn't have a lot of life, but I had a little bit of hope. I didn't want to die anymore because I had a little bit of hope. And that little bit of hope started growing into a little more hope. And I started to dream again. And I started to believe again. And no matter what your circumstances are, what your upbringing is, where you are, where you've been, a little bit of hope can take you a long way. Amen? Amen? Amen. So meditate on that. <laughs> believe and trust that. If you would bow your heads with me right now, I want to pray this prayer of salvation for everyone here. And you know how we're born again? We're born again in the spirit. Because God is spirit. And Jesus said, my words are spirit. So when we speak his words, we meet God in the spirit. <laughs> Amen, Bob. And something happens <laughs> When you do that, you can become born again to a new life. And you can have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, on you, working through you. Ephesians says we've been given every spiritual blessing. In other words, there's nothing we can't do when we've made Jesus Lord of our life. And many of us did it just like this in church. We said a prayer. And our spirit met God's spirit. <laughs> and our heart opened. And he put a new spirit in us. 
It says that the law was written on stone. And guess what that, guess what happened to that? It got broken. But it says that the Holy Spirit, it's been written on our hearts of flesh. Listen, if you've had a stony heart, today is the day to receive a heart of flesh so God can write his story on your life. There was a narrative of my life for the first 27 years. And God said, I got a new story for you, son. I'm going to write this new story on your heart. God will write a new story on your heart today. If your heart is a heart of flesh. So say this prayer with me. Listen, if you died, are you 100% sure you'd spend eternity in heaven? Because if not, say this prayer, believe it, trust it. Allow his spirit to come in you. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. I've made mistakes, but I trust what Jesus did. God, you raised him from the dead so that I can have a new life. Jesus, I trust you. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Change me. Equip me. Come on me and work through me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.